It's episode 82 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Baseball Podcast, your weekly Milwaukee Brewers podcast. I'm Steve Garshinsky. With me are J.P. Breen and Ryan Topp. And Andy Schaff is here for our 2019 prop bets, our annual prop bets now. Yeah, we can officially say annual now. We can officially say annual, right, J.P.? You're, you're the learned one that can tell us whether or not that's official. I think once you do two, I believe the what the sports thing is like what, two is a streak or is it three is a streak? No, two's a streak. Two's a streak. So, yeah, that's good. So, anyway, Andy, how are you doing? It's good I, to have you back. I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, the last one we did the uh, summer, we summarized prop bets at the end of last mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, yeah, last year was fun. Really came down to the end. I forgot. I think it was like a Aguilar home run would have switched everything or something like that. So, I don't know. It worked out really well. Came down to the end. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, we get a lot of entries again this time. Uh, everybody will get to hear it. And then we'll have a link that you can go uh, submit your answers and. Hopefully, we'll have a prize again for the winner. Um, and like I'll make sure to tweet it out on a regular basis, Steve. You, yeah, well, I'll yeah. tweet it out on a regular basis. You'll find basis. it. I'll have it on Facebook. We'll have it on Twitter. We'll you know, put it in a bunch of different places. So uh, look for that. Uh, you can help fans find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We want listener questions, so follow Milwaukee's Tailgate on Twitter at MKETailgate. Email questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com or follow our Facebook page. You can also follow the three of us on Twitter, and you'll find that in our Milwaukee's Tailgate Twitter bio. Andy, what's your Twitter handle? It is AKSHAF. And that's two A's in Shaft, right? Two A's, one F. Yeah, so uh, look for that. Um, and finally, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash tailgate. Our ball and glove patrons receive the monthly minor league extra podcast. And we just added an M&B level pod, er, uh, tier on Patreon. Uh, these patrons get all the other benefits that we have for our other tiers. Plus, you get automatic entry into our Milwaukee's Tailgate Fantasy Baseball League, which that's the only way to guarantee that you're in right now. We have enough entries that uh, it's full, but if you want to get yourself into it, you got to join the MB tier. Right. And then we'll do a lottery for people that yeah. are for outside the, of that. Yeah, yeah. For the open slots, we'll do a lottery to fill the rest of it out. Uh, so claim your spot uh, by joining the MB level uh, by Wednesday, March 20th. That's when we need that full so we can draw for the other people. Um, and then the draft is on Sunday, the 24th at 9 p.m. Central. Central. So uh, make sure you're available for that if you want to join the uh, Milwaukee's Tailgate Fantasy Baseball League. So we have the Barrel Man patrons, so you can get question priority. Uh, Ball and Glove patrons also get the monthly Minor League Extra podcast. And then our MB patrons, you can get entry into the Milwaukee's Tailgate Fantasy Baseball League. Milwaukee's Tailgate is sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing and their English Shell Malt Bombs and Perfectly Balanced Hop Grenades. You know them for the great beers like Dragon Flute, Block Party, and their flagship Fantasy Factory IPA. Tokyo Sauna is back, and the Citrusy and Sugar Cookie Sweet Pale Ale is in stores now. Also in stores is Outer Space New England Imperial IPA with passion fruit and peach. Anybody tried that one yet? That sounds delicious. I'm waiting. I have not been able to get a hold of it yet. Andy, you're the one that's closest, so you could actually... I will, yeah, I will make a voyage over there and report back. There you go. Uh, And then also out... When is it? Monday? That's coming up here. The 16th. What day is it? Uh, the 16th. That's today, Steve. Okay. That we're, day we're recording this. Yeah. So uh, the tap room only pilot release of Magically Go <laughs> Yourself, an Imperial Milk Stout brewed with Lucky Charms, obviously just in time for um, what's the holiday? St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day, Patrick's Day. <laughs> We've already had a couple of beers, so, you know. That's how it goes. And then finally, in March, K4 is releasing Raticat's New England-style IPA. This brand-new beer is available in stores on March 25th, just in time for opening day. Also get 20% off of merch in the Carbon 4 web store with the promo code MKETailgate. As always, check out Carbon4.com for more information. Carbon 4, beer brilliance. Okay, so we're going to do a quick roundup of topics real quick before we get into the prop bets. Um, so I want to start off with uh, Julis Chassin has been named the opening day starter. Surprise, anyone? Not even a little bit surprised. Nope. No, I would have been shocked if it was like, I don't even know. I was going to say, like, trying to figure out who else could have possibly been the opening day starter. And I just completely blanked in my head, which I think symbolizes the fact that we know one person in the starting rotation and then do not know the other four. Yeah, exactly. It was it was Chassin and 
It was always going to be a show scene. Yeah. Unless Council like did an opener just to screw with everybody after all the kind of talk he generated last year, <laughs> that would have been pretty good. Yeah. If he if he decided to do like an opener and it was somebody like Jay Jackson's gonna pitch the the first exactly. inning, which would have been incredible. I was just trying to think of like who the equivalent of last year's Dan Jennings would be. The Dan cr- Jennings wasn't even on the team on opening day last year. I forgot because that was G Man Choi his one day of glory because they needed to like make sure that they could send him down to the minors and then make room for Dan Jennings who signed right after. Yeah, they had claimed him already, but hadn't found a roster spot for him yet i believe was how that all shook out i don't even remember it was because he was like a last day cut uh jennings was like a last day cut from the Rays. they were doing roster. everything they could to keep it as fluid as possible at the beginning of last season oh and they did and they, yeah. they certainly did okay so uh brandon woodruff continues to pitch well on friday through five innings he only gave up two hits he had seven k's he hasn't allowed a run in nine innings this spring I mean, how's it looking for Brandon Woodruff making this rotation right now? Oh, I think he's in, especially with the news that Jimmy Nelson is not. And I think it's going to be an absolute... Hold on. Is that news that Nelson's not? I mean... We know it's been confirmed over the last week to 10 days that Jimmy Nelson will absolutely not be starting the year on the Major League roster. So we knew that that spot now... Yeah, potentially could have been his is now up for grabs. If if your first appearance is over a week into March, you're not making the opening day roster when you're a pitcher. I'm expecting absolute blood sport for him in our draft. Like he's going to go high in our our fantasy league draft that we'll have coming up in a couple weeks. I'm expecting him to go way early. JP, do you agree with that? Uh, In terms of our the Milwaukee's tailgate draft, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to jump at him, right? No, I would. I would actually and like take it for what for what it is i think i'd rather have both burns or woodruff over nelson this year over nelson oh easily yeah no yeah. yeah so i mean I've, i so if we're all saying that and you're saying that like nelson is going to go extremely high oh I no 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 that was uh i was talking about woodruff i think woodruff's gonna go extremely high oh, oh. yeah we were all assuming you're talking about nelson no That's sorry 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 no woodruff is going to be the guy who's going way high oh i think that that's absolutely true yeah he'll go early Okay, so we have a Patreon question from Jeffrey Emenecker. He says, if Peralta and Woodruff continue to look good, could Burns start in the pen again? Uh, do you think they're committed to starting him in the rotation after the comments to that effect last year? Is spring training going to have that big of an effect on uh, Burns starting in the rotation? I think they're stretching him out to start, so that's what it appears to me. Well, but don't they keep it? Even relievers are going multiple innings, and he's in that mold so i mean he's going to be stretched out regardless so jp do you think burns has a chance to be in the starting rotation or does he have to show something more this spring no i think burns i mean i i think burns is going to be in the rotation i think freddie peralta it doesn't necessarily matter how good he looks um in the spring i think there's no real reason to do anything other than have him start triple a and if he start and if he pitches really great in triple a that's fantastic I just think if you're if you're thinking about certainty coming into the year, if you're thinking about trying to make sure that you have the best rotation that you can on opening day, and if you're trying to protect people with options, it, it I think it doesn't make any sense to do anything other than have Freddie Peralta start in AAA. Yeah, now Corbin Burns struggles this spring. He's thrown nine and a third innings. He's given up 10 runs, but he has eight strikeouts and one walk. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. So, I, I mean, is there anything to take away from that? No, I, I actually I think one of the most exciting things about Corbin Burns is that apparently he's added two pitches to his arsenal over spring and he's been working on them pretty consistently and which would give him four or five pitches depending on how much you want to say like the two pitches he like truly has them uh, because he's already kind of had a, a change up um, quite a bit. But yeah, I mean, if he's if he's already kind of striking guys out, I think his last appearance um I can't remember exactly what the line was, but I thought his last appearance was actually a little bit better than the ones before that. So I'm I'm not worried about him whatsoever. And, you know, we say it every spring, but it's hard because all we can do is look at the results that have happened in spring training. But like you shouldn't be making roster decisions based on what happened over three weeks over inconsistent time, especially for pitchers who are just trying to get working. And when you're facing completely inconsistent competition, like you don't even know necessarily who a guy is facing it or what they're doing. So it's, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so MLB put out some uh, rule changes that are going to happen both in 2019 and 2020. Uh, this year, the rule changes are shorter commercial breaks. I think it went from like... Yeah. Five two, seconds. Yeah, it's like five seconds is the yeah. difference. The national ones, I think they might be cutting like 30 seconds. The national ones are now in line with the regional breaks. Right. So that was a bigger cut was in the national games. And we've seen so much of them like during the playoffs. They'll do like commercial breaks in between pitches on like a half screen. So I'd expect to see more and more of that and maybe even shortening the commercial breaks more because the way broadcasts are getting, they can work that stuff in pretty easily in between pitches as it is. Yeah. When are we going to get logos on the jerseys and on the bases and stuff like that? I mean, the NBA is already doing it. Yeah. I don't know, man. Baseball's got this huge thing about tradition. I would imagine once the money gets far too good, I just think it, there's so many people are going to get upset about. You just saw what happened when we changed the name of like a corporate sponsor on a stadium <laughs> that people were talking about, like never wanting to show up again. Imagine putting sponsors on on uh, on jerseys. Tallowed ground. I guess so. Okay, the trade deadline now is absolute. It, you have August 31st on here. Isn't it July 31st? Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. It's it's July 31st, though they've been moving it around depending on like what day of the week it falls on. They want it to fall on like a weekday specifically. Yeah, like a Monday. They want it to be, yeah, so they won't run it on like a Saturday or Sunday. So if, it'll, if they need to, it'll push back to like August 2nd. But it's like July 31st, quote unquote, is the trade deadline. No waiver deals. Well, you can still add and drop guys on waivers but yes. you can't orchestrate a trade through waivers the way that had been done in the past yeah so any opinions on this jp do you have an opinion on it i i mean my first reaction was that you know reading what uh ken rosenthal was saying is like one of the big things that he thought was a benefit to it was it was making teams declare whether or not they were buyers or sellers earlier than normal because you could kind of like continue to push it off into august i don't think that is positive or negative i just think it's a it's a thing i think you uh, lose some of the weird trades you can get in august though because those weren't always necessarily teams that were in or out making those deals yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I think one of the things that actually is a positive is like all the all the random stuff about putting guys on waivers and teams claiming them just to block other teams and do all like that stuff was just contrived. I, I think getting rid of that stuff to allow other people to trade, you know, for who they want and, and, and for trades that can work out. You don't have to worry about other teams blocking them just for fun. Um, I think that's a positive. Yeah, I think we're going to see most of the trades that would have happened in August move to the july deadline but not all of them there will be some some loss of movement some guys that would have been moved later because the team maybe fell out of it or something that you could well like look at the nationals last year the nationals did not want to sell at the the july 31st deadline and then did sell off quite a few pieces right. in august once it became really clear there was nowhere they were going but yeah. did they not but did they did they not want to sell or did they not want to sell because they knew they didn't have to make a decision yet that's a valid point. Well, now part of the effect of the the August deadline is going to be in in 2020 when uh, pitchers must face three batters to reach the end of an inning or reach the end of an inning. I always feel like August was for like loogies and stuff like that. So if they don't have value anymore, then I guess that really doesn't matter, does it? I mean, yeah. I I just heard a thing that last year for that three batter minimum. It was only 4.7% of pitcher appearances, relief pitcher appearances, would have qualified as violating that rule. Yeah, it's a total. It's going it's, away. That it, part of the game, that that peaked in you know the mid-aughts, probably. Like Brian Schaus. Brian Schaus, all <laughs> the, the Zepchinski stuff. Basically, with Tony La Russa leaving, it's all been on downhill playing since. Like, well, it's been all positive because Tony La Russa leaving is positive. Yes, huge positive. So, but um, that's it's probably not going to be that big of an effect, which is something Craig Council addressed. He said he doesn't think that rule is going to matter nearly as much as what people think. The next one, I think, is going to matter more. Well, but it again, right? Like, not sorry to cut in, but that's ultimately what this comes down to, right? They're making changes at, at the margins and pretending like these things matter where they're not actually addressing the key issues. Yeah, so um, they did try to save some... T well, first off, the All-Star Game Home Run Derby, uh, they get more money. 
Yeah, there's some people are getting money. I think that's a trying to placate the union. Like, hey, have some all star game. Uh, and well, and also making money, and also making sure that bigger names, I think, get involved. I think yeah, that is their hope too. Yeah, so, that's absolutely right. Um, and then mound visits in 2019 are reduced from six to five. Um, I don't know how many times. <laughs> ex- <laughs> yes, exactly. It, yes. Um, I don't know how many times it really became an issue last season. It was such a non-issue. It actually kind of shocked me. You would it, it rarely was see a team for, even get close to running It was out. an issue for Rock in the booth as he counted them mm-hmm. to make sure nobody went over. But I, I don't think it, it affected any games. JP, did you see any effect to that at all? No, I don't care about that. The one thing that does make me upset, though, is thinking about what they're doing in the Atlantic League and trying to actually get rid of them. Which, especially if you're dealing with like a catcher and a pitcher who get crossed up on signs and you're telling them they can't go out and talk... Like that's messed up. You it's have dangerous. To, yeah, you have to be able to figure out a way to make sure that your your pitcher and catcher get on on the same page. Just because you don't like the fact that you know a catcher and a pitcher went out to talk to each other for thirty seconds because you think some millennial is too bored that they're gonna <laughs> like turn to Twitter or some shit. Like it's it's stupid. The whole thing is they're trying to act absolutely like manufacture something when it's it's a non-issue in the first place. I I am waiting for the fact. I am actually waiting for the rule to come across where they're saying that they're going to limit the amount of times you can throw over to first base to be one. Yeah. Do you have any like thought that they're doing these very minor things just to get people ready for bigger rule changes? Cause they really haven't done anything since the DH back in what early seventies. It's kind of been the one sport where they don't make any rule changes. And now they're kind of doing these little things to kind of get people ready for, you know, yeah, more, I think it's, more it's drastic stuff. It's just, well, I think it's also just to try to look like they're active in addressing something. Well, I think there's also an element here of, because some of the stuff is being done unilaterally by MLB, including the, uh, the three batter minimum that was not agreed to by the union. They're pushing that unilaterally. I think the MLB is doing a little bit of feeling out for what's coming in the coming CBA to see how players are going to react to stuff and how that manifests itself. I think there's a little bit of that going on, too, to see how much can we flex our muscles without creating further problems for ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so to keep this going, 2020, we expand from 25 to 26 players on the active roster. Well, no, 26 on the roster, 25 are active, so they're increasing by one. Because I think it's 24 active right now. 25 on the roster, 24 active. Next year, it'll be 26 on the roster, 25 active. No, they're all active. Yeah, they're all active. They're all active. I don't know what you're talking about. There was yeah. some. There was an inactive. Or maybe player? I'm okay. Maybe I'm confusing it with the September rules. You maybe they had are. something where there was a certain number of active players. I think even in September, it's going to 28 in September. But yeah, that's you a can't hard cap. But yeah, you, you can't don't just have call to declare active. You don't have to declare actives on that either. So. Well, and it, it's funny when they ex- said they're expanding to 28. It's like okay, so you don't get some of the more fun call ups to see, but. Teams are just going to load up on the relievers for the bullpen or whatever. I mean, the Brewers were legitimately in September last year using 32, 33 players. Yes, but I think most teams just want the extra arms available more than anything. Like well, they'd like, like to have catcher. Yeah, they'd like to have some position players. But, you know, if you get a couple extra roster spots, I think it's generally going to go to pitching just to. But that's why the uh, they're actually addressing this to say that no more than half of your roster can be pitchers when, when you're actually going to be doing that. They're saying they're capping it at 13. And so teams have to now declare well, whether it be, or not. It would be 14 by September. Though. Yeah, it'd be 14. Oh, 14 in September. But yeah, so, but teams are now going to have to declare who pitchers and position players are. And there's this weird thing where you can, players can become two-way players, if they qualify in a certain way, like Otani would be one, and I would suppose Michael Lorenzen would probably find his way to qualifying as and well. Hernan Perez, Hernan Perez, yeah, he's wow. he's getting there. <laughs> Do you remember Brian Dunsing for the the Cubs went out and played left field uh, during the middle of an inning because Joe Madden wanted wanted to use him against the the second lefty going on, so they put him in left field for part of the inning. A little Waxahachie action. I yeah, I really don't get the whole idea that the the players need to be designated. Like were were people that angry when a position player came in and pitched? Well, Apparently. that's that's what they're going to do. Is they're saying that you cannot have a position player pitch unless the team is they're up like or down, down by, by yeah, more six. than six. Which honestly, last year it only happened like five or six times that anybody did that, and it was all six run leads. Sure. So it it, it so hardly think- is an issue anyway. So to think about this though, I think what's actually really important to to remember is that. A lot of what the t- what baseball is doing 
is they're not actually trying to change th- they're, they're trying to change things for television, right? They're trying to do a lot of the same stuff that a lot of European leagues are trying to do in, in Europe right now for soccer is that they're they're obsessed with the fact that the Premier League looks so good on television and that's why they're making so much money. They want to eliminate all break. They don't want mound visits because it allows kind of the, the spectacle on television begins to look worse. They don't want pitching changes because it makes the television time worse. They want constant action on on tv they want the the uh they want the spectacle of what people are viewing where they get their television money which is i think what we've we've all recognized is where the vast majority of money into the game is coming via television contracts they want that television product to be absolutely pristine at all times so they can get more and more people to actively watch and pay for mlb tv and watch on television and do all of these things and so all of this is not about you know, making the game better or whatever. It's about making the television prod- product better. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, we mentioned earlier, uh, all pitchers in 2020 must face three batters or reach the end of an inning, which it was like I'm four- glad they did the end of the inning thing because that would have been an absolute just shit show if they didn't do that. But yeah. That, it isn't going to matter that much. Yeah, you said it was like 4% of pitchers or something like that had that issue. Uh, the DL is now the IL. The injured list as opposed to the disabled list. The injured list, and that is going back to a 15-day uh, injured list. Because teams, Dodgers, cough, cough, were manipulating the hell out of it. Hey, it wasn't like the Brewers didn't use that. Um, The Brewers used it. The Dodgers are the real reason this is happening is because the Dodgers were absolutely shameless about using it. With, sure. their, with their pitchers. It's not really shameless if it. it's a rule that you can use. Sure, but they just they were pretty blatant about it and... I mean, you do to go on the injured list, you do have to at least like claim an injury and you do have to have like a doctor saying, yep, he's hurt. So there's a certain amount of fudging that had to go on to to use it that way. And that's gone now. Well, I mean, a team like the Dodgers, they were doing it somewhat when it was 15. So they'll probably still continue to do it. They just can't be as blatant about it as they were. I mean, I'm a little, you know, irritated, like fantasy baseball wise. It was nice when guys would get put on the 10-day deal. You didn't feel like it was quite as long that they'd be gone, where now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you just missed half a month. Man, so. for, for fantasy, though, when people were put on the 10-day DL and they were willing to do that, man, my DL spots filled up so fast. There were times last year that I had like eight people on the DL. No, that's true. That's true. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm more worried about my fantasy team with that rule than anything else. So way to go, Major League Baseball. You've now made this more of a fantasy baseball issue. Which you're, they would probably you're encroaching like. on football's territory in in changing rules and impacting the only thing that matters about the game. So, Look, I, w- I I wouldn't even doubt for a second that they would want fantasy baseball to become a bigger thing. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. If you have to check every day what your players are doing, like that means there's daily interest. They should they should absolutely change rules to make fantasy baseball more important. Right. They should allow like you should get a fantasy category for how many times relievers get up to warm up. Let's do it. <laughs> then we're going to pay attention. We're going to have to figure out what's happening on telecast. Like, tell me who is warming up now. I, I, I look I look forward to that column in the uh, BP Pakota spreadsheet. <laughs> times warmed. Yeah, times warmed. <laughs> and then there's going to be entire fantasy a- analysis of like which managers get up their their relievers to warm up more than other ones. Let's get Jonathan Judge on this. He can come up with a new stat. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it would totally be worthwhile. So that's that's what he has time to do, right? Figure out how many times guys warm up. <laughs> He's not busy. I don't think he has a busy okay. life. It's not like he does anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Enough. Uh, enough with the tap dancing around. What people are actually here for, right? Yeah. I think so. That's so, why I came to Milwaukee. So it is. Let's, let's well, it's not the only reason. You get kind of a break now, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, your wife doesn't listen, does she? Uh, no, I, I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We are going to start the uh, 2019 prop bet section of the podcast. And again, we're going to give you our answers right now. Don't let that influence how you want to answer because you can go and fill out your own sheet and compete against. I think we had over 250 people last year. We did. We had almost 300, I believe. Yeah. So, um, and who finished the highest of all of us? I think it was me, wasn't it? I just brought that up thinking it was me, but it might not <laughs> sure. have been. I can't remember. <laughs> Whatever. I think it was me. <laughs> none, it, none of us had like exceptional uh, 
standing in in that so oh good lord no we were all very low so so being the top guy of the bottom half is not exactly an accomplishment so anyways andy this is where you get to take over uh you did all the props you came up with them on your own i did i had some help from brewers twitter so i want to thank the people that got back to me on some stuff but yeah the group effort but we got some props here and then actually we added a couple we had a uh, patreon suggestion four patreon suggestions that we'll go through at the end so they all go into the total i got about 20 or so uh we'll go kind of fast through them and see what you guys got yeah let's do it all right and these are all very random there's no theme to them so there'll be a, a completely brewery theme I well would mostly no. <laughs> so there'll be some that you you know you can think about more and some that are kind of ridiculous Let's start with um, all right. Let's start with this one. So last year, I don't know if you guys know Christian Yelich won an MVP award. <laughs> I heard rumors. Yeah. Um, so my prop this year: yes or no? Will a Brewer finish in the top five of MVP voting? Ryan, you want to go first? I'm going to go yes. Top five um, it can be any Brewer, not necessarily Yelich. Yeah, I'll say yes. So is this where I'm supposed to say no to make this better radio? Because I also think yes. No, take what you want. You know, we did that last year, and look how we all finished. Yeah, we did do that. Okay, fair enough. I'll say I'll say yes as well, because I think, and I will say, just to kind of add some analysis to it, which I know is what's really important, I think I think Lorenzo Cain is going to get more and more of a shot the more people talk about defense. Uh, yeah, I think you have Cain, Yelich, I think, you know, as a reigning MVP. Um, and I think the race that's going to happen in the NL Central is going to give a little extra press to you know, all the teams that are in it. So that'll be yeah. good. And who yeah. knows, Brand, Brandon Woodruff, you know, could have a very valuable season. And I'm, I'm just saying that Ryan made this huge thing where he says he's completely all in on Ryan Braun. So I'm assuming he's picking Ryan Braun for MVP. I was thinking Shaw, actually, but Shaw. <laughs> OK, moving on. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about Braun. So last year he. I guess was a little bit unlucky with his, you know, velocity and exit velocity and all that. Uh, he did hit 20 home runs last year. So the over under on Ryan Braun home runs this year is 20.5. Over. Um, I will. What is it again? 20.5. Off injured Ryan Braun. I'm going. I'll take the under. I'll take. I'll take over. He still had over a 200 ISO last year. And I think if you take luck into consideration, I think he should be much more around 25 to 30 range. I, I don't think he plays enough. That's, You've been saying that since 2008, Steve. And he doesn't exactly play like 162 <laughs> games or even 140. Yeah, no, I know. So, okay, next. All right. Um, let's go bullpen here. So, obviously, there was council was very flexible with roles last year. Name the player who has the most saves this year. <laughs> Last year, there was uh, Knabel had 16, Jeffress had 15, Hader had 12, and then a bunch of other guys had one or two. Yeah, that one got eked out at the end yep. because that could have gone to not Knabel. I'm going to say Knabel again. I think he's... I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, picking right now, it has to be Knabel. So, th yeah, that's my pick. JP? Yeah, I think it's Knable as well. I've been all in on on baseball perspectives, telling everyone to make sure that they draft him in their their top five or so relievers. So I think I have to keep going in on that. Well, and especially since you know Hater's going to maintain that multi inning role, Burns is likely to have a multi inning role if he's not in the starting rotation. He's not going to end games for the mm -hmm. most part. I mean, it takes a lot of a lot of appearances if you're going to do multi inning saves, and it's just unlikely. Jeffers would be the biggest concern, and the fact that he's going to probably start the year on the injured list, like you're probably not. He's probably not a good bet for that. So yeah, I was going to say, you probably did that before Jeffress' uh, arm. Well, and it's he, just so unpredictable, too. It is. You know? Well, Knable is a guy who gets righties and lefties out, and that's a big thing if you're going to be the ninth inning guy going after whoever happens to be there in the ninth inning. And he does that, so. Yeah. So, okay, uh, next one. So last year there were three players on the opening day roster who were not even in the org by the end of the year. Uh, we had Choi, Villar, and Sogard. We're all in the opening day roster and then axed by the end of the year. Over under on players who are on the opening day roster but not on the org by the end of the year is at 1.5. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, just because of the way they do things, I'm going to say over, but man, I, 
It was only three last. I would have guessed it was more. But I mean, there were more not you know in the minors or sure injured or whatever. These are actually guys on a different team. I'll take the over, but man, it's hard to see who it's going to be. I'll take the over. There's enough full. Uh, there are enough issues in a bullpen that I think guys could get dumped if they have to. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Matt Elbers would be a good exactly. Yeah. Out. So uh, JP, what do you got for that? Uh, I'll say I'm going to say under just because I think the vast majority of roster decisions that they can make they can solve by optioning and not cutting. No, I get it. I get it. So okay. Next one. Uh, next one's about bunting, which is my favorite topic. <laughs> which we had that last season as well. Um, this is my favorite kind of council thing. So in 2011, Ron Renicky, uh bunted with position players 31 times. Uh, last year, council bunted with position players six times. Uh, Over-under on position player bunts is at 6.5. And this is a sacrifice bunt, not a bunt for a hit. Correct. Yeah. And you said five? Uh, 6.5. 6.5. I'll take the under. I'm going over. Or no, sorry, I'm going under. They have more power this season, so I'm going under as well. Oh, yeah, they, there's not nearly as many dead spots in the lineup. Yeah. I'll take over. I, I'm going to need a little differential here. I'll take over. <laughs> this is how you're going to separate yourself from the pack? I was like, this one's complete luck, so I'll, I'll take over on this one. All right, so the next one allows me to talk about one of the best brewers of all time. Um, his name is Ricky Darnell Weeks. Um, <laughs> Kind of a famous second baseman. If you follow me on Twitter, I, I, I talk about him every once in a while. I, mean, I maybe, think it's been your avatar forever. Yeah, I may like follow him on other social media platforms, and you know, it gets a little weird. But you it's named just, your child after him, right? I may or may not have at least the middle name. You know, it's <laughs> it gets kind of weird, and I don't want to go into too much detail here. But I bring him in today. Uh, so the great Ricky Weeks, at age twenty-two, got called up to the majors, had about four hundred at bats. He put up a seven twenty-seven OPS. Pretty great. The Brewers have a similar player this year named Kestin Hira, who is also 22 years old, likely to get called up to the major leagues for maybe 400 at-bats, maybe a little less. Over-under on Kestin Hura's OPS this year is 727. Ooh, the Ricky Weeks line. The Ricky Weeks line. I think it's going to be over because if he's in the big leagues, it's because he's performing well because they don't have a crying need for him at this point. So I'm going to say over, because it's going to be good performance that drives it. And there's no minimum at-bats here. So if he comes up for 100 at-bats and stinks and they put him down, the under hits. So Okay. Um, I'll go under. I think you could hit, but you probably might not see the power initially. Uh, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take the over on it, powered by uh, gap doubles. Oh, he hit some beautiful gap doubles in spring training on TV this year already. I know I said the power might not appear, but I don't totally believe that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's You're just some hedging. pretty serious I, stuff. I, yeah. yeah, I'm pulling a Ryan and I'm hedging on it. He's going to be good. The power won't be there, but you'll really like him. Have I hedged on one thing yet, Stephen? That's why we do Corey Ray segments. <laughs> Let's talk about Corey Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a Corey Ray prop for home runs in the majors this year of 0.5. Will he hit a major league home run this year? Yes. No. Oh, Breen. JP's torn. I don't know. Um, because so, so here's the thing is I'm trying to calculate what's the likelihood that he appears. Because I think if he does appear and he does get a hit, it's most likely going to be a home run just because of how he works right now. I'm going to say yes. I don't like it, but I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go absolutely apeshit when it happens. <laughs> It'll be great. I'm not like cheering against him. I'm just betting against him. <laughs> okay. Right. So we've had a couple prospect ones. Let's have one more. Uh, this kind of has more depending on what the Brewers do this year. Uh, but before the end of the year, will a player that appears currently in the top 10 of the baseball prospectus, uh, Brewers prospects, be traded by the end of the year? And I'll read off the names real quick. We have Hira, Lutz, Zach Brown, Corey Ray, Bryce Terang, Dubon, Stokes, Joe Gray, Mario Feliciano, and Lucas, was it Ursig? Ursig. Ursig. I'm going to say yes. Um, yeah, I got to go yes, because I think they're good enough that they're going to want to make a move to stay in it, and they're going to have to give up some kind of talent. 
Uh, I'm going to say no, because I think if they actually trade somebody, it will either be somebody in the lower levels not on that list, or it's going to be somebody on the big league roster who's not playing all that much. All right, and that concludes the minor league portion, I believe. Um, I do have a very important prop here, and you know, think about this a lot. If we need to you know, cut air and come back, we can. Uh, Hernan Perez inning pitched. Uh, last year was 2.1. So this year, the over-under on innings that Hernan Perez pitches is 2.1, over-under. So that would be 2.3, right? Like it's two yeah, let's and go one two, third. Let's go 2.3. Yeah. Or, uh, 2.3. 2.15. 2.15 is the prop. Okay. Okay. I got what you're saying. Uh, I have a quick question before we start, just for clarification purposes. When does the pitcher, the position player pitching rule start? Next year, not this year. Not the Okay. Got it. And that's why I am going to take the over. I was going to say, because the rules next year, I'll go over this year. I'll go over just because they got to they got to spend those bolts when you got them. Exactly. So uh, all of us are cheering for that. We want another era of Hernan. You specifically are cheering for that, Steve. <laughs> I am. I do, I do appreciate the fact that like you were giving Andy crap for like the Ricky Weeks thing when we've talked about the fact that you have an Aaron M. Paris beefcake photo on your phone. <laughs> on my phone, it's it's actually my uh, what's the banner. That your banner, your Twitter banner. Yeah, yeah he's on, on the dugout. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. That. It is. So it's good. great. Excellent. I sit there at work with Twitter open and Hernan Perez lounging across the top of it. I miss the Bobby fans are people too banner, but this is a good trade off. I had that for years. <laughs> so okay, next one. All right, next one. Higher. What what will be higher? Kristen Yelich's slugging percentage or Orlando Garcia's OPS? Last year, Yelich uh, slugged. 598 and Arcia put up a 576 OPS. Arcia easily. Yeah, I got to go Arcia. I think he can hit better, and uh, Yelich to attain those heights is a big ask again. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll take Arcia as well. I think for him to replicate that, he was like one of the worst hitters in all of baseball last year, and I don't think he replicates that. All right. Um, all right. Next one's an open answer. Most home runs on the team. Uh, last year we had Yelich at 36, Aguilar 35, Shaw 32, and Braun 20. Give me Shaw. I was going to say Shaw, but now I'm going to take Yelich just because I think it's close. It, my only worry was actually, yeah, I'm going to stick with Yelich. Um, Shaw, like we talked about, we don't know exactly what his playing time is going to be. And then that's Moose, my Moustakis one worry. Is a new yeah, Moustakis is a new addition too, so that could be interesting. Um, I I would go Yelich and then Mustakis. So JP, I'll go uh, I'll go Yelich as well. Actually, no, strike that. I'm gonna go Aguilar. I'll be different. Okay. I'm cheering for uh, Eric Thames now. Of course, I'm always cheering for Eric Thames. That's not like uh, out of left field, but he has his own home run song. He does, which they need to make sure they play at Miller Park as much as possible. Yeah, it doesn't get nearly enough play. It should be on all the time. So okay. Up next. All right, let's talk about Aguilar. So a lot of you know discussion, at least I've seen, about first base. We have a lot of different options who can play first base now. Uh, were he to struggle, some people thought maybe he had a good kind of a career year last year. Game started at first base. Will it be who will have the most on the Brewers? Will it be Jesus Aguilar or the field, the rest of the team combined? Yeah, uh, that's Aguilar. Be Aguilar. You think it's Aguilar? Um, yeah. I feel like this one's going to be solved real quick. He has to get to 82. Yeah, I'll go with Aguilar. But like I said, I think that we could know in like April whether or not that's going to happen. If he gets off to a bad start and, you know, you get a, a hot start by Thames or somebody. Like that's one that, you know, there might not be a lot of drama to. All right. So I have some pitching ones now. Very exciting Bruce pitching staff. More innings pitched. Josh Hader or Jimmy Nelson? Oh, wow. I'll, I'll take Hater. <laughs> yeah, Hater. I'm going to take Nelson. Okay. I got to see it. I mean, I yeah, it's a tough one, but is there there's no time frame that they have to call him up, is there? JP, do you know? Uh it does he have options remaining? No, he doesn't, but what they can do here. Oh, I don't believe you can just he keep does. him on the DL, right? He, you keep him on the DL, and then he can rehab for up to a month. So when he oh, comes right. off the that, DL, 
Right. And that's why they're sending him to the inst- the instructional leagues, because then they can keep on the DL for a bit and then allow him to ramp up in in a rehab outing. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think I just didn't understand last year how much they were going to use Hader in multi inning appearances, which is why I think they're even going to try to extend him to more three inning stints this year. Well, I think the other issue with Nelson is uh, he's not getting long starts, I think, even if he comes back. Like, don't yeah, expect I, him to go. I think six innings is kind of a limit. Or is he even in the bullpen? when he comes back yeah Yeah. i mean that yeah it's a valid shout i don't know how he could i don't think his arm heats up quickly enough to be a bullpen guy but what i will say is i think even if he's in the starting rotation they're going to give him a pretty strict innings limit because again i think what they're doing is they want to make sure that he's available for september and i think that they're going to slow play this in spring as much as possible yeah so that'll be a fun one hopefully I mean, I guess the best case scenario would Nelson is Nelson would fly past that number because Hater surpassing eighty by much. I mean, do we see that? I think yeah. I think at most it'd be about ninety, depending on if they're willing to loosen it up a little bit. That would be heavy usage, and I think they'd have to feel comfortable with where he was at at the end of this. I mean, end of twenty eighteen. I don't know for how much we talked about. Josh Hader being treated with kids gloves all throughout last year he had 81 innings exactly and then they had a, a deep playoff run well the other thing was yeah. they were saving their bullets because they yeah. they wanted to be in the playoffs they knew that they it was a real distinct possibility so they were clearly kind of keeping their powder dry because they knew that with the playoffs there was a real chance he, they wanted him to be able to go close to 100 with the playoffs I was so. gonna say 81 didn't 81 didn't include his playoff appearances right which ended up being at least another 10 innings right had to have been yeah, he and Knable were pretty close, and they were in double digit, double digits. I have to double check exactly what it was at. So, and if they'd gone to the World Series, he would have been pretty close to a hundred. So, oh yeah, yeah. They, so they were they were by that time they're going to ride you hard if if you get there. Like, what's right. the point in trying to you know save a guy? Well, besides trying to keep his career from falling apart, I don't know. I think there are a lot of guys who would probably take the chance. <laughs> the guy would the in World that Series. moment. Yeah. So okay. All right, speaking of Jimmy Nelson, he had the last Brewers complete game. It uh, was June 18th of 2017. Uh, will there be a complete game by a starter this year? No. No. Yes. Love it. Who? Who? Are you going to ask me to call my shot? Like I said, Brandon Woodruff was going to hit the home run last year. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Brent Suter ruined that for me. Otherwise, I was going to be correct. Well, uh, you, you were talking about playoff home runs, right? Yeah, and I actually called it that it was going to be off Clayton Kershaw. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so who who is it going to be? I will say that, um, I mean, I think it's going to be Shasin just because they trust him to go later than the vast majority of pitchers. So I think I think Shasin gets a complete game once. I mean, if it is, I like Davies, because he'll like have some like 90-pitch game where just like against the Padres or, you know, It'll be a Maddox yeah, of be, some sort. Yeah, maybe. Be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a, a you know, Chase Anderson bounce back season. I could see Anderson going deep. Sure. The the early Though, returns, on, the that early returns on that are unlikely. So, <laughs> yeah. But well, like, that, that's say, that's what if, I would hope for. i say if they had like a spot start by like Junior Guerra, like Junior Guerra is like somebody that they would just be like, yeah, I mean, go ahead. If you're pitching, if your light's out, like, Go to your little heart's content, man. Exactly. So, okay, next one. Next one, uh, lowest ERA among starting pitchers. So we'll go a minimum of 15 starts to qualify for this. Which pitcher will have the lowest ERA? Last year, um, we had Shasin had 3.5, Anderson 3.9. Wade Miley would have won this last year with a 2.5. Give me Woodruff. I was going to say Davies, but I like the Woodruff pick. You stealing my pick, Steve? No, I'm going to go with Zach Davies. Yes. To minimum 15, yeah? Yep. All right, I'll stay different. I'll stay consistent. I'll say I'll say Shasin. Because everybody's going to be, what, high threes at best, probably? That would be my I'm, guess. I, was no, gonna say, I think Woodruff can get into the into the twos. I was going to say. Whoa, whoa, but whoa. I mean, if you if you were gonna if you were gonna pick what what you think his ERA is gonna be, would you pick that? I'm not saying like top end, but just like 
and again, saying that a guy can do something. We've seen Chase Anderson do it, so that's not really a meaningful call. Right. I, like, if I had to put an over-under on it, am I stepping on anything here? Like, Woodruff, like, 3.2, probably? Something like that. See, I just feel like Zach Davies, everybody else, I feel like could have a bad season and be over four, where Zach Davies is just going to kind of be sub four. Not great, but I think he could just land there if he's healthy. I say, to tell you the truth, who I think has the, the highest ceiling out of anybody in the rotation is still Burns. Oh, that's totally true, I think. <laughs> His issue is getting that number of starts. Yeah, I think I think it's that. And also, um, I think Burns' partial problem is he's in the zone so much that he has the potential to get kind of hammered once in a while, a la like Michael Pineda. Yeah, so, okay, next one. All right, so we got three kind of quick ones here that are very random, which you'll see in a minute, and then we'll go with four of the Patreon suggestions. So... The last three here. Which month will they have the most wins? <laughs> and the I last don't, two I don't years, have the, been, the last have two years, I'm it, so. fairly certain it was September. The last two years, it was definitely was last. I year. don't think the schedule has anything to do with it because the NL is brutal. When do they have most AL teams? Um. Oh, yeah. Because that would be soft unless you're facing. I don't even know who they're. I don't know what, what they division. have. I'm going to stay September again, just because Craig Council is so good at managing that, even though, well, I guess the advantage is still going to be there this year. It changes next year, right? That one changes in 2020. Yeah, I'm going to go, uh, they've had a bunch of good Mays. I'm going to go May. I think I think May's a, May's a really interesting call, but what I think I'm actually going to do is go a little bit off the beaten path, and I'll say June. I thought you are going to pick, like, March. <laughs> no, I'm going to say June because that's when they play the Pirates, the Marlins, the Giants, the Padres, the Mariners, and the Reds. Well, you're looking at the schedule. It's kind of yeah. Cheating, we're just picking off the top. of This our is head. where the listeners going to have a bigger advantage than you three because they can kind of look at the schedule. And- well, okay. there's a reason why I slow played that and allowed them to kind of like talk <laughs> about things as I typed some stuff up. JP was cheating. So, all right, who's going to have the first home run of the year? Yelich. I'm going to go with Kane leading off the season with a home run. Oh, I'm that's, a, that's a call. That's a call. There you go. <laughs> wow. I'm going to say it's Ryan Braun, and then Ryan's going to have an absolute conniption about it. All right. And the next one, this will be fun because this will actually maybe throw things at the end of the year for the props, but which player will have the last home run of the year? Oh, That's a good one. Wow. I'm going to go Arcia. Hey, I picked Shaw for the – I might as well double down. I'll go Shaw. <laughs> Arcia, Mr. September again. <laughs> exactly. Mr. I'll September, say, um, I'll say Grand. I'll say Grandall. Yeah, are we ignoring Grandall's power for some of these? Because, you know, we didn't even bring him up when for most home runs on the team this year. I mean, that dude might hit 40. Like, it, I was going to say, I think Grandall's issue for playing time is, is going to be playing time. Yeah, yeah, because he's not going to get in except at catcher. So they're not going to put him at first base. And he's played some pretty heavy schedules and hit, what, upper 20s? Well, and I think, yeah. And I think that one of the things with Grandall as well is, even though he is such a good pitch framer, his defense isn't fantastic. Uh, and so I still think that they're going to want to be able to get either, probably Pena as it looks at the moment, um, with how much has been kind of coming out, that Kratz might not have a roster spot. They're going to still want Pena to get regular at-bats. Yeah, at least early in the year. I mean, maybe in September that they just say like Grandall get in there and we're going to ride you. But I think early in the year, they're going to vary it up pretty significantly. Though, I don't know with the way he played in the playoffs last year, maybe they get to the end of the season and say, we need to pull back a little bit to make sure you're ready for the playoffs. (laughs) Maybe. Well, it's (laughs) fatigue for a catcher when you're playing that many games. But, you know, hopefully they they have a plan on managing his innings because, again, he has a lot of innings on those legs. I don't think uh, fatigue was the reason he had some pass ball issues. (laughs) Well, sure, he has pass ball issues, but still, of any of the positions, I mean, that would be the one I'd say fatigue is going to set in on a catcher. I mean, or DH, one of the two positions I think you could talk about. You think fatigue sets in on a DH? Fatigue? Sitting in on a DH? Absolutely. You have to sit there. Your quads kind of like seize up a little <laughs> bit. You have a little bit of mental fatigue because you're probably working on the Sudoku while you're like getting ready. We got freaking Prince are. Fielder over I mean, here. Especially well, I'm imagining guys, Stanley in the office. Yeah. I mean, especially guys with larger calves. Like that can, yeah. they can cramp. You never know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's an issue that some people have. So anyways, uh, on to the do we have the Patreon? So, yeah, let's get to the Patreon. We got four Patreon things. We'll we'll end it with this one. 
All right. So this one is from listener Doug Jones. He had a pretty good one here. Doug Jones? It's Darren, isn't it? It's Darren yeah, it's Jones. Darren. You keep putting, he keeps putting <laughs> Doug Jones on there. Is Darren. Sorry, Darren. But Darren I mean, Jones. You could change your name to Doug. Thank you. Uh, he had a good one for team home runs. So the Brewers franchise record was set in 2007 when they hit 231 home runs. Uh, for reference, last year they hit 218. Uh, the year before they hit 224. Uh, so the over-under on home runs, are they going to break the team record for home runs? 231.5. Yep. They're going over. No, I'm going under. They had Prince Fielder hit what, like 50 that season? He did. But this team has so much power up and down the lineup. They have a bunch of power at backup spots. That's what you really need. What are you talking about? You had Fielder, you had Braun, you had Hart was breaking in that season. So Hart got a lot of playing time. I mean, they had power up and down that lineup. There was a certain second baseman on that team. Mm -hmm. No, I know. I'm saying this year they have power basically everywhere. Other than RC, but RC hit 15 home runs a few years ago. So, like, let me jump in here. First of all, I'm going to say over, and I'm going to say over because how many did they hit last year? Uh, Last year they hit 218. Yeah, 218 home runs in the six through eight spots were putrid. Yep. So if they hit two, if they they hit that much last year, and then they're going to add Mustakas, they're going to add potentially an Eric Thames that is going to be healthier for a little bit of time. If they're going to have Grandall in there, they're going to have all this stuff. And then if Arcia isn't just like terrible, they can easily hit over Grandall. Yeah, but big if you have Shaker there, that's if, like a th- plus twenty. If you have Aguilar's, you know, if he regresses and first base isn't as powerful, if Yelich regresses and hits ten fewer, then it's Eric still a good Thames. season. Then that's Eric Thames. I said I first like, base it, in general regresses because of how good it was last season. But the, enti- the entire point about this team this year is that if Aguilar and Thames, let's say that they're not all that good at the beginning of the year, you can move Travis Shaw over there and put uh, Mustakas over at third base. And then you're still going to be able to have an opportunity to do some stuff. Well, how many at-bats last year went to guys like Eric Sogard? Like, it, where you just weren't going to get any home runs out of that guy. You know, like, the way we're arguing about this, it's almost like the number is probably properly set. It was a very good prop, Doug Darren. <laughs> so, okay, next one. Real name, but show him some respect. I, I'm sorry. I'm seriously. I I did write Doug, but always it's always. been. I've I've found it in like so many locations. If Ryan starts doing a rundown, it's Doug 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 Doug. I'm like, guy's name is Darren. All right, this one. <laughs> Jesus, like, we should have a prop bed. How many times is Ryan going to write Doug Jones? Like I on... walked in on a domestic <laughs> dispute, and I feel a little awkward here. Um, all right, That's let's what happens move on. when we drink? <laughs> Let's move on to this one is from the listener PB Brew Crew came up with a good prop of combined home runs from uh, Mike Moustakis and Travis Shaw. The total, the over under on combined home runs is 59.5. I mean, I've been banging this drum for Travis Shaw having a lot of homers. I'm going to take the over. What's the number again? Uh, 59 and a half. I'll take under. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. I think, yeah, I, I think they get them, enough right? at-bats. What's that? That's just between the two of them? Yeah, correct. Yeah, man, that's that's 30 homers apiece. Or one of them hits 35. I mean, would you be surprised 25? if it was, yeah, 35, 25? I understand how averages work, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I don't have any. So I, I actually kind of pulled a bit of a Ryan there with the, I believe that they're going to be under for the team home run total, but Shaw and Mustakas are, are over. So I'm I'm claiming that right now. I'm going to wear it as a badge of honor. The, yeah, the the classic Ryan Hedge. If those two hit sixty, they're going to go over two thirty one. I feel like, but we'll oh see. god, yeah. All right, and I don't I didn't have a name for this one, but Steve sent this one over. Um, this was involving the Milwaukee Bucks. So oh, that was Michael Heitkamp. Okay, perfect. And he did those two questions. He did the two. Yeah. All right, perfect. So Michael had two props that we're going to use here. Uh, Bucks versus Brewers. Who's going to have more playoff series wins this year? Now, for this one, we are we considering the uh, wild card game a series? No, because no. that's a game, not a series. Okay, well that's but it's a valid question. We need to make sure that we're clear about that because that would change this significantly. Right. And actually, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna change this on the fly a little bit. I think the Bucks are easily going to win the first round, and that's not really in question. So let's put the let's. The Brewers are getting a game here, so let's ignore. Let's go. Bucks playoff wins, not including the first round. Okay, so was that Bucks minus one? Yeah, so Bucks minus one here. So I'm still going Bucks. Okay. 
I mean, even minus one, they just have more rounds I mean, to, be able to get through. If we're not, yeah, they have more rounds to get through. And if we're not counting the wild card game, I mean, the Brewers just getting there with the National League being as much of a just <clears throat> gauntlet as it is. I'm going to take the Bucks too. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks as well. And I don't know anything about the NBA, but I've heard they're good. <laughs> they're they're currently atop the East. So. They're currently atop the NBA. Well, yeah. They're yeah, well, a very good team. And they'll have a layup in round one. So, we'll, yeah. So, the prop is not including round one of the NBA, who's going to have more I'm, playoff series I'm used to, I'm used to watching the Badgers struggle to score 55 <laughs> points a game. I can't understand how good the Bucks are. Well, what are they struggling to well, score right they now? Just came, they were down by a lot. It's now 20 to 10 Michigan State. Um, hey, they while, might score 12 points in the yeah, first half. Yeah, well, are we going to do that prop bet? <laughs> prop bet on the fly. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this airs, we're celebrating the Badgers winning the Big Ten Championship from coming back. It but. is fun that they're still in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> there are teams in Milwaukee that aren't still in their conference tournament. That is um, true. You were, you were literally just complaining yesterday about conference tournaments, so I don't even think you get to have that conversation. I can complain about it and still enjoy the tears of other people. So. No. <laughs> I would apologize to our Marquette fan listeners right now, but nah, no, we don't nah, care. I don't don't apologize to Marquette fans. Deal with it. <laughs> You're only relevant when you play the Badgers. That's it. Ugh. Just remember that. You have one day in December. That's all that matters. Keep my thoughts PG here. I was going to say, which they could advantage that pretty easily. <laughs> remember, the longer Wojo's here, the more mediocre you've been. Let's just go on Marquette for like the next twenty minutes. Like I got so I got so much material. But. We are going to lose so many Patreon supporters. It's going to be people like cancel those assholes. It's like are they ripping on Marquette while the Badgers are getting like steamrolled against Michigan State? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, but, exactly. Because yeah. I'll turn on a Bucks game if I want to see offense. I guess. All right, we'll go to the last the last prop here. By the uh, way, this is the only time we've talked like. <laughs> Badgers or Marquette, isn't it? We've stayed away from it because I think it's a third real issue. <laughs> so we'll see. We've also stayed away from it because like the the Badgers have not actually had anything to really claim in this for a bit. No. So uh yeah, we'll just enjoy uh Friday night's outcome though as much as we can. So there you go. Last one. Last one. All right. This is kind of a this is an interesting prop. So it's more innings pitched, and I have two groups of pitchers, kind of like the young guns versus the old established guys. So who's going to have more innings pitched between this? This the first group includes uh, Freddie Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff. Those three versus kind of the old guard, which is Davies, Anderson, and Nelson. Uh, I'll take uh, Peralta, Burns, and, and Woodruff. I got it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm going with the young guys as well. Knowing fully well that Davies and Anderson might both pitch like 175, and you know, no, Anderson won't pitch that many. He's going to be pulled before he can. I was going to say one of the one of the biggest things to for me is that both like basically Davies and Anderson were left off the postseason roster and and Woodruff and Burns were put on it. It is an indicator of where they thought they were at that point, at least. Well, I think especially if if Woodruff is in the rotation to start the season, I think that's going to be a big leg up. Well, and he was just throwing five. He just threw five innings yesterday. So I think he's. Yeah, we we talked about it at the top of the podcast. Well, then why are you talking about whether or not he's going to be in it when they're just talking that he's actually getting stretched out for five innings plus and bringing it back? Exactly. We really work together well, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, that is going to do it for the uh, prop bets uh, this year. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, We'll make sure we tweet out a link or send out links so you can enter online for that. Uh, It'll be Google Google Forms. Yeah, Yeah, Google Forms. I'll send that out. So... Real quick, probably only take you a few minutes unless you really want to do some deep dive into it. I don't know. Ryan, would you suggest that? I would not. <laughs> yeah, just I don't want to compete against people that are thinking about this <laughs> for more than 10 seconds. Yeah, fill it out quickly. I'll try to edit out some of the pauses that we had on some of those questions because they were getting a little long. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I don't you know. Should, you should also edit out our uh, Badgers Marquette talk. Uh, oh that is staying in (laughs) do you want me to uh give a shout out to the new patron i do so i believe it's ryan ike but it could be ryan eich but either way i was gonna say ike it could be ike it could be absolutely so we've got three different ways and i apologize if we if uh there is a fourth way that we are not aware of um but thanks ryan for being a a patron uh and yeah we're we're hoping to have a really great year uh here on the podcast um we'll hopefully have a a bunch of kind of good interviews coming up um and yeah we'll we'll be talking about different ways to to get involved with people via the 
the the fantasy league so make sure that if you have not submitted to the fantasy league yet you want to be a part of it please make sure you get that in so we can get you uh have an opportunity to get into the the fantasy league before the draft and just a a quick heads up for next week make sure to block off a little extra time because we're gonna have a supersized episode where we're doing our full season preview we have to still talk about the pitching staff and then we're next week next week i thought next week we were doing no next week is the last week before the season starts okay so we then have to do the the pitching staff, and then we're going to be talking about like the division and the whole league. So it's probably going to be a long podcast. You need to clear this with my wife. <laughs> so I definitely need somebody to talk her off the uh, ledge for that one. So uh, anyways, yeah, if you want to, you could be like Ryan and join the M&B level uh, if you want to join our fantasy uh, baseball league on Patreon. Um Make sure you do that before March 20th if you want to guarantee a spot in the league. Any other open spots, uh, you can submit to uh, milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com, and we'll put you in a lottery to fill out the rest of the league. Um, and remember, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash tailgate. Patrons at the ball and glove level and above receive the monthly minor league extra podcast. As always, follow us on Twitter at tailgate. Uh, and then you can also submit questions to our Facebook page as well for Milwaukee Steelgate Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and we're now on Spotify. You can also leave reviews and help people find the podcast. So thanks for listening, and look for us again next week on Milwaukee's Tailgate.